So, Parth, what have you been eating? I had a raspberry tart from Costco. Raspberry tart? Is it like a pastry? Um, it's like a cookie, but like like a, a cross between a pastry and a cookie. Um, whatever you would consider that. Is it one of those things that you just eat one of, or is it a thing that you like take several of at a time? No, it's it's one. Like it's like a. Uh, the, the folks at home size. can't see, but it's it's about this big. Put it in perspective of like uh, a piece of U.S. currency. It was like bigger than quarter. It's like a silver oh, it's, dollar. It's like um, ten quarters. That's a really like vague. Like if you were to put them in a circle. Was okay, it maybe good? not ten? Maybe maybe like seven. So that means your family has a Costco membership card. It it yeah we do. They don't We're big only Amex people. It's only a hundred dollars a year. Wait, does know, it come with deal. Amex? Is that what you're saying? Um, it doesn't. I, I mean, I don't know if it comes with Amex, but like you can get a Costco membership. A, a package through. of the two. Yeah, at the very least. My parents have these big clunky golden Amex cards, and those boys are dense. I'd be like so confident throwing those around, but my plastic is thin. <laughs> <clears throat> so Trent, what have what have you been eating most recently? It uh, the folks at home won't know this, but it took Trent uh, like hours of valuable recording time to remember what he ate, and he went, "Parth, stop! I need my time." So yeah, so this better be good. I think hours is a little bit of a like a gross overstatement of how long it took, being that we're on minute four of this recording. So you're lying, you're and about. the record reflects that. But yeah, I had a chai, a chai latte. I mean, after all the hard thinking, this is what I came up with. I had a chai latte. and a is, that, is that it? All of today? Yeah, I know I know it's nighttime, but I'll, I'll, th- I'll make something happen after this. I need to Try work that. up an appetite chit-chatting with you, and then I'll, like reward myself with some nutrients you know trent this isn't good you gotta you're a big strong growing boy all right you so you're arguing i need fuel like pre-podcast you're 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 man of almost on 20 of almost 20 i know i like i don't have a scale or a tv where i am right now so it's like i have no concept of like news from the outside world or how much i weigh so Wait, i'm saying you're almost 20 you are 20 aren't you it, yeah, uh, I'm almost te- twenty. I'm my so teen stupid. years are over. That was I'm embarrassing. Like People feel like all jazzed when they turn twenty. That's like a milestone. I just feel like I'm close. I'm closer to death. It's closer, closer than you even. Yeah. Well. Parth. All right. Well, let, let's settle this once and for all. Who do you think is gonna go first, me or you? I think I'm gonna go first. Really? I was gonna say the opposite. Really. Why do you think an accident's gonna happen? I think, or do you think you're gonna die of natural causes, but it's just gonna happen to be earlier? There's a few different options. Yeah, yeah laid out. As as we all know, I'm a huge TC fan. Uh, TC Tom- being Tom Cruise, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result, sometimes I can be a little crazy. So I'll either be doing something like really stupid, and everybody will be like, "Parth, well, maybe don't do that." And <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I will have done it. Well, like and- a stunt. Uh, yeah, but not or like just a... like some sort of dangerous act. No, like a like somewhere in between, I guess. I mean, not cool enough to be a stunt, and not 
dangerous enough to be a dangerous act, but... But still dangerous enough to kill you in this scenario. Yeah, and it, and it won't be, like, cool. Like, it won't be like, oh, wow, like, he died in this really, you know, blaze of fire or something. Yeah, It'll yeah, you, like, won't go, you won't go down in flames. He, like, tripped and, like, hit his head. So, if you were to make an educated guess, when's this gonna happen? In your 20s, in your 30s? I'm gonna say... Like, I hope you aren't doing this kind of hijinks in your 40s. Like, if you make it that far... I think once I pass my 30s, then we can restart this conversation. Yeah, then then the Tom Cruise factor is, like, wildly reduced. Although, TC, he's, he's going crazier with, as, with each year. Yeah. So, if you were to follow Tom Cruise's, like, linear, like, progression of getting more intense with each year... Yeah, well, you, you know what else has made it far? Who? Well, not who. What? This intro to this podcast. Should we, but, um, should we cue... Isn't it weird when celebrities die in, like, their 50s or 60s, and then you're like, but you're famous, and then, and I'm not famous, so does that mean I'm gonna die young also? Welcome back to Craft Services. What are we talking about, Trent? The, the movies. About? The movies? Not what do we TV, do each week? Not radio. Uh, we discuss. We pick a film. Yeah. And then we discuss it. And right. then we in. And then we interview uh, someone who worked on it. And oh we ask. And we ask them a bunch of stuff, and they tell us. Who did we have? So our movie was locked down. The HBO Max spectacular. And our guest was the production manager Ella Dan Smith. Um, Parth, how did how did it go? What'd you oh. think? I would say the interview went pretty swell. I thought, obviously, our guests, as always, we have the best guests. Um, yeah, best guests she, around. She was great. Uh, lots of interesting info. Uh, very nice person. And um, it, it was a good out. little back and forth. Am I wrong? I would agree. I think I think it was a pretty active interview. We talked. She talked. It was crazy. N- need I say more? Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed our discussions quite a bit. You can check that episode out now, hopefully before this episode. But um, here's what yeah, I think. Yeah, that was our last should... episode. We, uh, we released it already. But so, let's, let, let's, let's look forward. All right. So, Trent. Yeah. Sh- should I give like the synopsis of this movie? It's time for the discussion portion. Okay, let's, cool, 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 cool. Let's, cool. let's, let's do it. Okay, so the IMDb synopsis is pretty it's pretty concise. Um, a couple attempts a high-risk, high-stakes jewelry heist at a department store. It doesn't even mention the quarantine part. That's like 75% of it. Yeah, the, I, I found that a little shocking too. The heist stuff kind of comes at the end. I feel like lockdown, like the subtitle should be like lockdown hyphen the quarantine movie. Or yeah, like, that's, that's that's why they should put you at head of marketing at HBO Max. Or of uh, Warner Brothers. Well, H- well I mean, it's it's ro- it's owned by Warner Media. So, did you see that new Warner Brothers logo? This was the first it's movie awful. that used it. Oh, no, Tenet, did, I, Tenet I, used it. Um, okay, then Wikipedia lied to me, but yeah, I remember it from Tenet. Now that you mention it, I don't like it at all. It's it's um. Awful. I just like the old one. It's no, I don't. I don't even think this is a, a case of I don't like it because it's new. 
I don't like it because it looks like it's for like children. Like it looks well, like it's for a child's like animated movie or something like that. I, I like like studio logos that just like it, it's not like a scene that plays out. Like I, you, you know, I think it should just be like a picture or like a quick little like motion that shows the logo, shows the words on the screen, and then done. But don't you hate it when you're in a movie and there's like a bunch of like little sequences happening after the trailers and you're like, is this the start of the movie or are these just the studios? I'm pretty sure there's a family guy bit. Yeah. 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 I know what you're talking about, but, um, enough of those family guy, Tom (laughs) foolery, shenanigan, um, but a badoo, you know, um, Parth, uh, this movie had a budget of, uh, Three million dollars. Trent, how much did it make? You um, don't have it there, do you? Z- zero. I I mean, how many HBO Max subscribers did this? I, I don't. Did, I, did, did this amass? I guess that's the question. Probably probably more than uh, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. I hear that was a flop. How much is HBO Max? Isn't like fifteen bucks a month? I think some something like that. Yeah. Is that the priciest of the streaming services? I think so. I think, I mean, I know that Netflix has, like, a, like, if you go for their 4K option, I think that's a little bit more pricey. But, uh, isn't Disney Plus the cheapest of the major ones? Uh, isn't that, like, six bucks, and then Netflix yeah. is, like, I think, 12 I think, or something? I think Apple TV is the least expensive, at, like, five dollars. Yeah, but Apple TV also... Has nothing. Has, <laughs> has the most limited selection. Um, but yeah, so I guess there's no way to really quantify how much it made, but we can talk about its, uh, Rotten Tomatoes score. To, to give it a bit of credit, very few movies nowadays, like, with this level stars, is made for $3 million. Like, it's been a long time since Anne Hathaway was in a $3 million movie. This is true. And she was just in another diamond-stealing movie called Ocean's 8. Have, have you seen it? I have not, but I'm a fan of the rest of the Oceans films. Ah, well, in both of them, Anne Hathaway and Mindy Kaling are there, and then both times, she's stealing diamonds one way or another. Well, enough about your beloved Oceans franchise, Trent. Uh, why don't you tell me what the critic and audience reception of this movie was on Rotten Tomato? So would you think that the critic score or the audience score would be fonder? Um, which do I think it would be? Yeah. I would, I guess audience would normally be higher than the critical score. In this case, the critical score was 45%, and the audience score, a 32%. Wow, Doug and, Lyman bringing in the, the reviews. And here's the consensus review. Lockdown combines a heist caper, a relationship drama, and pandemic-era timelines to produce a film that's frustratingly less than the sum of its parts. It is kind of all of those things that they mentioned. I suppose, yeah. I think it's mostly a relationship drama that's (laughs) in quarantine. The first of its kind, and I'm sure there will be many more domestic dramas that are like, ha, we're significant others that are trapped together. And we've got some problems to sort out. But we can't go anywhere. So we're stuck. Well, Trent, uh, we need uh, to hear your one-star reviews, your pride and joy. 
give them to me. I mean, no mean to mock the segment, but um, you read the first one because it's uh, scandalous. I don't want to get in any hot water. You, you. Oh, you, is it because you're a little white man, a little white boy? You take the heat for this one. It's rated one out of ten stars, and the title is "Racist Interracial Film." Isn't that? <laughs> is that funny? Uh, oh, well, kinda, let's kinda let's see where it goes from would, here. Kind of weird that you'd say that, Trent. No, um, no, I mean the, the fact that the words racist and interracial are right next to each other. Yeah. Well, right. this one's written by Daryl-23715. <laughs> All the other Daryls were taken. Racist film and interracial. <laughs> Review too short, dot, 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 dot. It's rubbish, dot, dot, dot. I found that a lot of the reviewers were British and were using British words. Likely because the movie uh, takes place in England. Yeah. Second review. It's... Okay, so this one was selected because there's some, like, funny grammar going on and some bad spelling. So it's titled, A Rushed Hot Mess. And then they said, I stopped streaming this at 34 minutes and 16 seconds in. Very specific. They go on to say, boring with a capital B. Such good actors, completely wasted with a capital W. <laughs> Are you sensing a reoccurring theme? Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. they get over all the letters and they say, on the humorless story about a bland couple with issues amidst the COVID lockdown. I have no more words. Just avoid it. Um, and the last one. Parth, it's a nice big paragraph. How about I task you with reading it? How does that sound? So by Ivan D., this is a half-star review. Uh-huh. This movie doesn't understand how COVID works. When they wear masks is totally arbitrary and frustrating. Annie puts on a mask to go into a place where she isn't greeted by tons of maskless people. She then takes her mask off and interacts with literally almost 100 people all not wearing masks or social distancing. Holy cow, this movie was a bomb, but it's also dangerously COVID unsane. So Parth, Roger Ebert, despite being dead, he uh, he sells like a website, and I don't know who's running it because it's not him because he's dead, but they give it two out of four stars. Hmm, and like most people... I feel like a general consensus was like, oh, there was good chemistry between the actors, but the script and the story were a mess. Um, do you agree with that? Yeah. Well, well, before we get into that, why don't, why don't we do the production design stuff? Or like the production history. All right. Before we get into our personal thoughts, let's share a few internet facts. So apparently there were no extras cast in the movie. Uh, so all the people who are in the background just happen to be there. And they say that that was the case for, like, the store. Thus begging the question of why was no one wearing a mask if they weren't instructed for by the movie? Yeah. Is that why England got this new cool strain? I think I think it is Doug Lyman's sole the, responsibility. I just got an alert on my phone that the locked out variation has uh has sh struck american soil okay so there was cillian murphy you know him 
Sure do. He's Scarecrow. He's Scarecrow. Um, apparently, he was rumored to be the only potential replacement for the lead role. There was one fact that kept being repeated all over the place, even though it wasn't it wasn't that cool. And it was like, oh. Well, as you know, this movie was shot in 18 days, as we learned during the interview. And they say the stars didn't have time to learn their lines. So they were, like, shooting, like, the rehearsals, and that they had to tape up people's dialogue like in their eye lines which apparently you don't usually do most of the time you just memorize them but they didn't have time trent i know you're you had a relatively positive reaction to this movie tell us i like anne hathaway as i mentioned i came out as having a uh, celebrity crush on her so maybe i'm a little biased I thought it was harmless. I mean, like I said, because it's the first of its kind, it's the first pandemic movie, I was on board. I was like, let's see, let's see what happens. And they patented a lot of the what's going to turn into the COVID tropes of people wearing pajamas while they're on Zoom calls and the bad connection and a lot of FaceTime dialogue scenes, which I didn't think were particularly compelling. But I thought, the heist was really the upswing and they had me there for a second, but I, I, I didn't do that much for me. I know that you, uh, you, you didn't like this. No, I, I was not a fan, unfortunately, which kind of upset me. Yeah. Uh, did you have high hopes? I didn't like have high hopes, but I, I always like, um, watching we like anything. Doug, Doug Lyman. Yeah, I like watching anything Doug Lyman makes, so I don't know. I, I I generally like what he does. I I think he has a fun like sort of floaty style to his directing. This is like just as much of like a hangout movie as Swingers is. I mean, it's just like people talking uh, in rooms. Nowhere I mean, near I, as good. No, um, no, no. I like Swingers much more. But, but do do uh, you know what I mean? I no, I I agree. It's not that I don't think this movie has his like directorial style i just don't think it really works all that well and i i why doesn't it work parth um i think this has a pretty terrible script i so stephen knight wrote the script and i looked up what else has he written and he's written a bunch of stuff for film and tv he he wrote and directed a movie that i like very much called lock and that's a movie that is all tom hardy in a car as he drives from one place to another i, I don't really want to spoil it but it's it's a really good movie and it, it makes use of the close quarters um environment which i guess is yes he had a background in uh people talking in rooms but a, kind of uh, most recently he made a movie called serenity and um it was like horribly panned um he he wrote and directed that one and people like hate it and what is it like i I have no i have no idea i know it stars matthew mcconaughey i know that it makes no sense and people are like it's a hilarious misfire is the essential wait um, is this um i could be wrong is this like matthew mcconaughey on a boat movie yes no you're right I know what this is, and I don't mean to spoil anything, but in one way or another, the punchline is like it's all a simulation. Cool. Well, I, did you we know? love it when that happens. Did you know that much? 
I knew it was Matthew McConaughey on a boat. I didn't know about the simulation. I know they did it on How Did This Get Made. I haven't watched the movie, but uh, apparently it's to the level of, like, worth, like, ripping limb from limb. Since we brought up Doug Liman, um, I, uh, I mean, we usually talk about the technical elements, and it's kind of difficult to, um, review something like this where the kind of the point is that it is working within the constraints of we can only have have two cast members um or like two main cast members and we can have like one or two locations pretty much well Um, like as we learned during the interview i think like one of the coolest things about this movie is like like how they had all the constraints and how they did some people entirely remotely and how they incorporated that into the script i thought that was very strong and resourceful I have to disagree. Well, um, I mean, I mean, I wish it worked better, but I think. It, I mean, like, I I think it's good that they like were able to coordinate that, but like as a as a, as its own movie, uh, it's kind of weird to have all these zoom scenes. All right, all right let, let me let me let me state this another way. I watched Malcolm and Marie last night, which I it, I've seen that. You you watched it? Yeah. Okay, we'll get into that later, but like that I. In the, in the way that I'm complimenting Lockdown for, like, making it work under the restraints, I think Malcolm and Marie, like, does it one better in that there's no mention of COVID, but it was entirely COVID conscious, and it was still the, like, we're stuck together movie. Well, and yeah. I think the, the better version of it. I think that, like, Lockdown, the problem is I think it has kind of a fundamentally broken script, I don't think any of the characters feel real. I don't think the plot makes all that much sense. Like, people go on... Like, they don't act like real people. They, you know, and I'm not necessarily somebody that thinks that, you know, a movie character has to have, like, a one-to-one representation of reality. You know, you don't get to be an Aaron Sorkin fan by wanting reality in your movies. But, like... but, But I do want them to feel real as characters. And... They never felt like anything other than vehicles to sort of say lines of dialogue and like go on kind of pointless monologues. Like I think Chew it like the problem is I like everybody involved in the movie. The writer has done stuff I really like. The director obviously I've said before how much I like. And I like both the actors. And so it becomes really frustrating when everybody's working in service of a script that's just not interesting and characters that are not that interesting and you can maybe get away with both if you have something else going on but because of the restraints of this movie because it has to be only in this house it has to be only these two characters and it can't be that big of a movie it has to be like a talkie movie it 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 kind of means there's like nothing in it for me imagine if only the first hour of this movie was released independently and there was no mention of the diamond heist well that's that's kind of like part of what my issue with the movie is is that i i I remember it being presented to me like or watching the marketing material and it's like oh it's a heist film and they that it's a couple that are going through a tough time and then they decide to do a heist together the issue is that's not the movie the movie is for three-fourths of the time, we're going to yell at each other about how we don't have a good relationship. And then in the last quarter, I guess we'll try to steal a diamond. 
I read a lot of reviews that were like, it's hard for us to sympathize with our heroes when it's like they're stealing a large sum of money and they're already like pretty financially well off. Yeah, and and it's also that it just doesn't make any sense. Like, there's no, there's there is no real reason. You know, I could maybe buy it if I like these people, but they're just so annoying. Especially Chiwetel. It just didn't feel real to me. It didn't feel like it was anything was being done in service of a story. It felt like people were talking about sort of whatever they felt like at the time. And not in a fun, like, we're revealing character this way. In a, it was more in a, like, messy, this has no momentum kind of way. So the only, I mean, there were a lot of side characters. Like, yeah. all right, let's try it. Like, I like Ben Stiller. I think he's funny. So do I. But, at, uh, like, there's a big scene with Anne Hathaway firing people, and I understand that that's important. Oh, she's learning that she hates her job, and that's what's going to set this all into motion. But I scrubbed through this movie before to take notes, and I was like, damn, every scene is someone looking at an iPad. And I, I don't know. That's And a common complaint is... I feel trapped because I'm in quarantine and I'm at home watching this on my TV and the last thing I want is to be reminded of the exact circumstances I'm in. Well, it kind of brings me to my other issue with the movie, which is that I think it's a fundamentally misguided premise in my eyes. Explain. I think think it's a... The problem is, when I was watching it, I felt like, wow, this feels kind of instantly dated because a lot of the jokes that you know about bad zoom connection or like you know wearing pajamas like we don't really know what's going on or you know that that sort of stuff i could i would maybe have found that like oh that's kind of funny that's kind of clever if if that had happened if this movie was released in like april i would i I was just gonna say if this movie were released in early lockdown when everyone was going through this stuff i think it would have much more of an audience but I, I watched it on the first day it was released, and I was like, this attitude towards corona it, like entirely has changed, and it feels outdated. And, and then the problem is, is that I don't think you can make a movie about coronavirus that isn't sort of about coronavirus, because it's, it's not an inherently compelling, um, you know situation it isn't like i i don't think the movie really earns any points for me for having only two characters in a room because i've seen movies i mean i the writer has made a movie where it's one character in a car and 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 you know lock is an incredible movie i think i think it's really really good um because it sets up a dramatic arc (laughs) it sets up like characters that want things and obstacles that are stopping them from getting those things and this movie has no focus and 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 like you were saying like it's like 90 percent of the movie is people looking at ipads and things and it's like that's not cinematic you know that's funny for like a bit that's funny for like a you can make a 10 minute short because it's such a limited concept i don't think you can make a movie about covid 
where people are trapped inside unless it's a movie about covid and this movie is trying to be a relationship drama and i don't think you need covid for that you could just say you know there's a winter storm outside and they're stuck in the house together you know like you don't need covid as the restraint and and then the problem then becomes because the heist doesn't come in until the last fourth it doesn't feel earned so when that's used as the thing that brings them together did you notice how many times in like the third act they said like oh like this is the moment or like is this the moment i just thought yes it was comical how much that was overused do you want me to fire off some of the subplots that didn't go anywhere please how paxton had like the relapse with with the opium and how uh, Anne hathaway was really into the cigarettes I thought I didn't like I understand how all the motorcycle talk was essential to them like regaining their youth and like finding each other but I don't know towards the end right before the montage there was like really intense music playing and it was just like Anne Hathaway walk walk towards a motorcycle and I was like I think they think this is much more dramatic than it is and that's what I mean by like I mean the other the other plot of like I think it's his sister-in-law is in love with Anne Hathaway or something like that. Oh, where they have the lesbian experience? What was that? I, I It was kind of just a throwaway line. Um, but that's such a weird thing. And, like, the thing is, like, that's not just a throwaway line. But it, it the keeps getting back. brought up. But it doesn't lead up to anything. And that's the whole movie. Uh, <laughs> you know? Like... Things just keep coming up because it's like in the moment this would be wacky and crazy, like like him smoking opium or uh, him going out in the middle of the night and reading poetry. And it's like, wouldn't this be wacky and a crazy idea? And it's like, not really. It's just kind of stupid. I, I thought like his motorcycle chase with the police was kind of ridiculous. Yes. I, I, another thing that I flagged was Anne Hathaway like snaps at two points, and she does like a dance rampage out in the garden, and she does a banging pan rampage, and both of these, I was just like, I, I I've taken Anne Hathaway serious for so long, and to to see her to see her like this, ugh. I agree. Also, how Paxton like I understand. Paxton had to have a criminal past so he could be, like, unemployable and also so he could have a connection to get rid of the diamond because otherwise everyone would be like, how are these two normal people going to offload this million-dollar diamond? Yeah. You brought up Malcolm and Marie. I don't want to, like, go talk too much about Malcolm and Marie, but these are kind of strangely two movies that are very similar. Yeah, I, I, I was just going to say, I think if Malcolm and Marie didn't exist this movie would up to this point be the only one of its kind and it would have more like social relevancy but i think malcolm murray just dethroned it and it's gonna it's gonna take up all the attention of movies filmed entirely in quarantine malcolm and marie is a movie that came out pretty recently that's been getting kind of mixed reception um but I think it's a movie that feels like a movie, mm-hmm. and this doesn't. Um, like, I think Malcolm and Marie has all of the same constraints that this movie had, because there's bigger movies that are filming now. Uh, you know, film production is sort of back 
fully. Mission Impossible is um, happening. Oh, baby, is it? Um, but so so, I, I think these are very fair movies to compare, and they're all mostly set in one house. Malcolm and Marie um, entirely. Like yeah, that was like that's the quintessence of like. Uh, uh, an isolation a bottle episode yeah a bottle episode exactly and that's what i was expecting going into lockdown the 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 difference is is that and i think malcolm and marie has its fair share of problems i think it's a little indulgent on the script side and a little exhausting sometimes but but i i think that where it excels is that at the very least it's trying to tell a story about its characters um and it's 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 trying to take its constraints and go okay we can only film in one house well then let's make it an interesting looking house and let's try to film it as nicely as possible let's try to figure out something stylistically relevant lockdown kind of looks like a tv movie Um, yeah i heard that that term being thrown around a lot in the comments it's not lit very interestingly and it's not you know, I, I just don't think there's anything all that stylistically interesting, which, again, it's disappointing because I like all of the people that work on this movie, and they've all worked on things that are better than this. I think Doug Lyman's visual design can be really cool, and, and it can be really, really entertaining. And in this movie, I just don't think he has anything to do. And you look at something like Malcolm and Marie, and it has, you know, black and white can be kind of a crutch for some people, but, but I think that, like... It works really well. It looks beautiful. It's shot well. And there's some really impressive sequences that are, you know, either done in one take or the actor is given something to emote with. You know, it's it's the exact same constraints. And one tries to tell a story and the other, I don't know what, I just, I just don't know what Lockdown's trying to do. That The review in the opening saying that it was trying to be too many things and thus became nothing at all. Um it's it's a it's a nice summary of what we've got here. I think the only thing that I actually genuinely liked was Ben Kingsley. I thought he was pretty funny. I I, I heard uh, so that that was a common response. Um, what else is he in that people like him a lot? Because like I recognize his face, but what's he famous from? He um, he he kind of doesn't have too many like leading leading roles. He he's more of like a side or supporting character i think he he was in um schindler's list yes he was um, he played gandhi oh he he's the mandarin in iron man 3 did um, you know richard attenborough directed gandhi and he's uh he, he's john hammond in jurassic park isn't that wild i know it's yeah. crazy and him and steven spielberg and were just boys steven spielberg directed schindler's list yes in the same year as jurassic park so we're tying it all so, together baby it, exactly uh so uh, what would you we... say that lockdown was better than jurassic park all right i'm gonna go out on a limb here and say no uh, oh, okay okay i just want to make sure i uh, so another thing i want to say about lockdown is that i thought anne hathaway whenever she was in her group zooms it's like the quality of her screen was much higher than everyone else's, and it, it, it looked really unnatural. Even though there were movies, I don't know, like Unfriended, which operate entirely in, like, group FaceTimes, and it, like, mm-hmm. works. 
Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's kind of obviously they were recording the Zoom call and they were locally recording her video. And well, so... they said. I mean, we learned in the interview that they recorded everything live. That like the characters were actually interacting, which I liked because if they were recording. No, no, no. I I know that they're re- they're reacting to each other live, but much like uh, okay, you're gonna get a little behind the scenes of how we do the podcast. Oh we use a site. We use a site. And it records the audio online, but we also, on our own laptops, record our audio. Right. And I think that's what they were doing. Uh, so they were they were simultaneously recording the Zoom and recording the video, um, with on ex- their own with so external microphones. With external microphones, and the the video was just attached. So that's why it was so much more clear. Oh yes, so. It's, I hear what you're saying, that it was, even though it tried to have all the imperfections of Zoom visually, that it didn't really consider that audio-wise, because the quality was too high, even though they did a bunch of, like, big, like, staticky breaks. Well, no, 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 I, well, yes, but also, I'm saying they, they, they recorded the Zoom as it was happening, but they were also simultaneously recording her video at the same time. Yeah, I hear you. And and then use that video, which is why she's so much clearer. But then the problem is everybody else's video is kind of screwed up yes. as it should be, and hers is much clearer. And it kind of takes you out of it. I I agree that it didn't feel like a movie at all, like looking at a group like like I don't know, like a round table exactly. conference. It just it, I mean it just took me out of the film entirely. I don't think COVID is is really conducive to anything interesting other than a movie about how we screwed up COVID or something like that, which is, would be more like a documentary or like, you know, an all the president's men type thing. Like, I don't think a movie in which people discuss things over Zoom can be all that entertaining. So do you not think we're going to get a bunch more movies like this? Or do you think as soon as... I think we will. I think it'll just, they'll all just be bad. Yeah, I I feel like there will be very few movies like this in theaters, but straight to streaming, this seems like a perfect yeah. low budget recipe. And and it's just frustrating because they clearly, you know, Malcolm and Marie kind of happened after, um, you know, this was one of the first movies I think I said in the last episode to start like, production. Yeah, because I I follow Doug Lyman on Instagram, and when he said he's he was flying out to start filming a movie in quarantine i was like whoa this is new you know like i haven't seen anybody do anything in a long long time and i was like wow you know that's crazy but it it just didn't do anything interesting it didn't i don't know it it feels like a much lower quality production than something like malcolm and marie and it's working with the same, if not much more resources because they, they ended up going to this mall or well, Herod's. Well, uh, well, I had never heard of it before, but apparently it's a, an upscale department store in London. But my, my dad sometimes travels for work. So I knew about it. Yeah. So a more cultured trend. Yeah. That's exactly what I was trying to say. And I agree with you that that is a big set piece. And to have that at your disposal over a one-room bottle episode, or, like, uh, like with 
Malcolm and Marie, which has no cutaways and no secondary locations. I, I don't know what the budget was. I'll look up real quick. I know it got bought for a bunch of money. Two, oh my, par, so I have it right here in front of me with the no pause. $2.5 million for Malcolm Marie. Less than Lockdown. Really? Where would the expenses have gone? But I think it says a lot that it was it was cheaper. And it's probably... Oh my god, the Rotten Tomato score for Malcolm Marie is 58. That's much lower than I expected. It's, it's a very divisive movie. So I think John David Washington and Chiwetel Ejiofor, both of their characters, talk too much and talk for too long and have too many, like, self-indulgent monologues. Yes. Um, and I think both of them are being critiqued heavily for that exact re- reason. Agreed. <laughs> so this isn't a Malcolm and Marie podcast. This no, is, it's a lockdown at, podcast. At the end of the day, we we know this is a lockdown podcast. So how about we put the cherry on top and we we slap a number on it? Is it time? Have we said enough? I, th- I think I've said... I, I don't want to beat down too harshly on a, on a dead horse. But, um, Trent, why don't you give your um, rating first? Oh, I did want to compliment... I'm just looking at the last of my bullet points here. I liked the Edgar Allan Poe joke, to give some credit where credit's due. Yes, I did think that was funny. It was one of the few things that I found, like, kind of ridiculous, but kind of funny. Yeah, I... The- <laughs> I was intentionally ridiculous. I was really on board for that. Um, the only other thing I was going to say is talk about all the side characters, like the married couple and all the co-workers. No, no one matters. I feel like they're all just boring. Nothing ends up mattering. There are actors you've heard of, actors you've seen, but at the end of the day, we who, no one remembers their name. Um, I don't even remember Anne Hathaway's character's name. Do you? I don't remember anybody in the movie's name. Well, there's Paxton. That Sure. Do we want to brain blast and see who can think of Anne Hathaway's name first, or is that not going to happen for you? I don't... Is it Marie? No. No. Is it Malcolm? (laughs) I see what you're doing there. Different movie, but I'm going to get... Oh, sorry, sorry. Is it Catwoman? Or am I mixing that up with a different Anne Hathaway character? I I, I, I thought about Cat or Batman uh, or The Dark Knight Rises rather watching the movie today when Anne Hathaway was on a motorcycle, and I was like, I was much more into this a few years ago. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I like her a lot, and I like her as Catwoman. No, I I agree, and I, I like, agree with both and points, I, and I'm cool with motorcycles. So all the elements, and but they were mo- all there for you. But most of all, I like Batman. So I think that is the undeniable asset that Lockdown did not feature. It did not, in fact, have Batman. Not even a, an undertone of Batman. No mention. But not a bit. But Warner Brothers. Trent. Warner Brothers play an equal role in both. My rating. I know you're gonna. You're gonna be harsh. So just to bring up the average score, I'm gonna give it like, like a four. Oh, wow, you went lower than I thought you would. Well, I, th- I just think you're uh, about to be brutal. I'm bracing um, for impact. Like a two or a three? Are, are you ever going to watch it again? 
I don't I don't see it happening. It, that was kind of my metric also. I was like I had a fun ride. I've seen it twice now and I'm good. It it gives to be fair, it gives me no pleasure in and like I I'm not I don't I don't want to like dislike, dislike the movie it. going in. Yeah, like it, I I I want it to be, you know, I was kind of I was fairly hyped. You know, I wasn't like hyped, but I was fairly interested. Um, it didn't live up to it, but yeah, um, I think this Doug movie... Lyman has a space movie with Tom Cruise coming up anyway, so it'll all be forgiven. I think this movie will be remembered mostly by the conditions by which produced it. Yes, and if anyone needs, and until the time where a better pandemic movie comes out that acknowledges the covid vaccine or like that acknowledges the covid virus this will be the example it just by default of not having any competition at this time yeah because if someone looked up pandemic movie you'd get like contagion and then what's the next most relevant movie that takes place during the pandemic it's this so yeah is that that, is that it it is that all we have to say it seems like that's that well trent do we have any any episodes coming up next week or like what's the deal there or is it ending is it all done ah i see what you're doing your signature bit part the show isn't ending there's there's more episodes tell us about oh wait what comes next? yeah 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 yeah. i I actually kind of remember that now um the continuation of the show yeah 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 we, we talked with um, unit still photographer Mary Weissmiller-Wallace. She, it's a, it's a monster of an interview. Um, yeah, it's a beast of an interview. It's um, it's a behemoth of an interview. But, but it was a really fun time. She was awesome. She gave us a ton of stories. You get a, you get a Sam Raimi talk. You get, you get Clint Eastwood talk. You get Matt Damon talk. You Matt get Pitt talk. Yeah. You hear... Uh, you hear personal stories from the co-host. You hear how Parth met. Uh, no, no, no! Don't bring that up. Don't bring that up. Well, you hear how Parth met Sam Raimi. You hear how my dad shook Brad Pitt's hand. You're... So, anyways, guys, see you next week see, with our interview our... with Mary Weissmiller Wallace on our show, Craft Services, the podcast. Our show, the podcast.